Welcome. Wrestling with the future is live. Good evening, everyone. I'm your host, Mad Dog Decipio, joined as I am each and every week by Amelia B. Chapman. The B stands for boom, boom, shakalakalaka, boom, boom. How you doing, Amelia? Uh, good. How are you? I'm wonderful. What did you do the last couple of days? Just work, work, work. Work, work, work. You, see, you work too much, kid. I do, you don't I? A little time for play. A little time None? for play. Not Should have been with Johnny. He was in Florida. He just came back from Florida. All he did was play all weekend. I live in Florida. Really? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Why don't you I hang do. out with Johnny, damn it? <laughs> I didn't know he was here. I, that would have been better than work, work, work. Well, At let the me clinic, I do. our special <laughs> guest. We have a, a very special evening tonight. It is a salute to uh, to a, a man who uh, left us way, way too soon. Chris Candido, we are joined by none other than his brother, who in his own right is a hell of an accomplished professional wrestler. I want you to meet that Johnny Rea. Am I saying your name right, Johnny? Is it Ray or Rea or Rhea? How do it's you it's Ray. Ray like uh like Shay, like Shea Stadium, like yep. S H E A, Ray, like R E A, like that. It's interesting that your name is Johnny Ray, because I knew a guy named Johnny Ray. Years oh, yeah. ago, he was an old movie star from the 50s, uh, and he was a singer and a nightclub performer. Um, yeah, in the, be- in the beginning of uh, when I started working, so, like, my my brother, my mom was married at a high school to Don Candido. They split amicably. My mom remarried to Greg Ray, had me and my sisters. But when I, my brother lived here at, our, at the house in Spring Lake, and then... Um, so long story short, when I got in the business, instead of like explaining all that shit, he's like, just call you Johnny Candido so we could do a brother type, you know, gimmick. Yeah. So instead of explaining that we're half brothers, you know, because there, yeah. we weren't half brothers, we lived together for our entire lives. You know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you so. what, you, you look, you look like, you know, two peas from a pod for sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. We, and, our, uh, our mom's yeah. side's pretty strong. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Damn, man. Um, but I'll tell you what. I I have a funny story. I want to. I'll tell you a little bit about how I knew your brother. Um, long time ago. Um, he worked a couple. He actually worked a couple shows for me. But this one was a little unexpected and quite a surprise. I did a show in Atlantic City at the Sands Casino, uh, and I believe you may have been there. Yeah. And. He um he was working uh, uh, our friend Big Slam Vader, may he rest in peace, Walt, uh, Walt McDonald, good guy, real nice guy. Again, he was a really nice guy. Sorry to cut in. He, I didn't know he passed away. He was a really cool dude. Yeah, he he left us uh, uh, probably eight nine months ago, maybe. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Walt used to live right near me here in Gloucester City, New Jersey. I'm actually closer to Cherry Hill. Uh, I'm broadcasting from New Jersey uh, uh, globally, by the way, folks, we are broadcasting around the world. Um, but yeah, I'm based here in New Jersey. And, um, so I did a show at the Sands Casino for the nine 11 fund. It was December 16th, 2001. And it was right after the, uh, the towers came down in New York and people were, you know, jumping on to raise money for, you know, survivors and stuff. Well, we did a show at the Sands, and I had booked uh, the Orient Express, Pat Tanaka and his partner at the time, right? So I get this, um, you might call it like a telegram from Japan, from Pat Tanaka. He says, sorry, I, uh, I can't make the show. I'm hospitalized in Japan. I broke my shoulder. Um, sending suitable replacement. And I'm thinking, who the fuck is he going to send? Who, who, who could possibly replace at this this late hour? Who's? I no sooner said that, Johnny. I swear to you, I no sooner said that than ten minutes later, your brother Chris Candido comes in with Tammy. All right, and everyone looked at me as if like this was my big surprise, and of course I had to soak <laughs> it up, you know. <laughs> Being a worker, you know, they say yeah, no yeah. they say never work a worker. Well, guess what? Bring it. You work everyone. <laughs> I work everybody, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Except when it comes to money, I don't play with money. 
Um, so Chris comes in and he looks at me and I look at him. I said, what are you doing here? He goes, come to work. I said, but you're not, I, I don't have any room for you. You're not, you're not on my, on my, my roster. He goes, did you have Pat booked? I went, yeah, funny. I just got a telegram from Japan. He goes, I'm the replacement. I went, nice. You fucker. Give me a hug. <laughs> Big hug. I gave him a hug. Big hug. Then you have to know, uh, Amelia, uh, Chris mm-hmm. was not a real tall guy. Mm-hmm. But he was broad, man. He was a, he was that he was built like you know Ashley, like Johnny, kind of built the same way. Big broad guy, mm-hmm. big arms, you know, <laughs> big chest. And I hugged him. I couldn't even get my arms around his back. And kissed him on the cheek. I gave you know Tammy a big hug and kiss. She spent the whole night with my ex-wife at the time. And uh, those two were they were two pizzas pod. You're talking about Jesus God, but uh, yeah. My ex-wife and Tammy Sitch. But uh, that's how I knew your brother. And, you know, he worked for me a few times. But that was the time that I have to tell you, Johnny, that was the time I'll remember because he saved that show. And thankfully, through the magic of videotape, I still have it. I oh, really? That's awesome, man. that show, brother. I, I, and, that's uh, a great story. It, I, I have I have many... I have uh, many stories that are like that, rolling up last minute and uh, and kind of making a big spectacle or, or, or saving the show, but kind of like uh, ended up right place, right time. I can tell you one if you want to hear it. It's, it's pretty funny. Yes, or please. please. That's why you're here. I want, I want to talk about your brother. I want to talk about you, your career. You know, sure. this, and we're celebrating Chris's birthday too. So yeah, yeah, he, that's I why we're here. Florida this for... is a, a birthday celebration for Chris Candido. So, so, th- so that story just reminded me of, um, let's say, around 2003. I just started working, and um, we had a, you know, we uh, oh three or oh four, and we we were booked in Jersey City. Like he was booked. I was just tagging along with him to to work with Norman Smiley and Crowbar, which is oh like God. exit fifth, which is exit fifteen X. But also that night we had booked ourselves. I want to say off exit two on the Turnpike to wrestle Danny Doring and Roadkill, I believe. So uh, we were supposed to be the the. We were supposed to be on top at the at the show in Jersey City. It was the Mouth of the South. What's his name? The Mouth of the South. With the, oh, the Jimmy Hart. Hart. Jimmy Hart. Yeah, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. So yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Hart was running the locker room, and um, he's you know. So my brother goes in and talks to him. He's like, "We got to find a way to get on second because then we got to drive to Jersey City." So anyway, my brother talks to Jimmy Hart. We end up going on second. He's like, "Dude, hurry up, say your goodbyes. We got to get down to exit two. So we get in my car. These are the days before GPS and everything that they have the oh, guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, dude, go ahead, hurry up and say your goodbyes. We gotta go. So we, you know, I um go shake everybody's hand, say goodbye. We get in the car and we start tearing down the turnpike, and uh, I have no gas, zero gas. I'm like, dude, we have to stop and get gas. He's like, do you want this payday or not? We gotta go. We gotta go. So I'm just going. I'm driving on fumes. We get off exit two. We don't even know where we're going. It's pitch black out. Um. He's like, all right, use your wrestler's intuition. Make a left, make a right, make a left. And then we come upon this, like, campground, and we see Danny Doring in the ring wrestling. And my brother's like, oh, shit. So we jump out of the car. We uh, we go to look for an entrance. There's, there's no entrance. There's just a huge fence. So both of us climb this fence and go running across this, I guess it was a baseball field, run across the baseball field, hit the ring, shit can the other dudes in the ring, have the match against Danny Doring. The crowd thought it was... Again, you know, the crowd thought it was planned like that for us to come in out of nowhere, and everybody was going crazy. We had the match; we had I a great it. time. Um, after the match, we're hanging out and uh, you know having a couple beers, telling the story of how we made both shows. Da 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 da. And of course, like the last two people there, we get we get in the car, get ready to leave. We re- hit reverse. We start driving. It starts pouring rain, and my car oh. dies because it has no gas. And now we're in the middle of nowhere, pushing my car. We pushed it down the hill, ended up, uh, I think it was Earl Naval Base. 
And there were these guys with ponchos, and they were telling us to get the hell out of here. It's pouring rain. <laughs> Two of us are like, so <laughs> long story long, we pushed the car to the other side, found like a semi, um, uh, what do you call it? Like like a, the, a, a semi-commercial like, area where there was cars. And then yeah, this, this, this car full of girls picked us up, drove us to a gas station to get a gas can to buy gas to put in my car to go back to the gas station. To then drive home, so we got home. Like I just remember the two of us when we were pushing the car in the rain. We're like, dude, how are we ever going to tell this story? You know, because it was just so. I you know, love so it. That's a yeah. classic, typical wrestler story. Typical. Exactly. <laughs> and it sounds like it was. A, yeah, and it sounds like it was an outside show. Is that what? The yeah, it was outside. Yeah. Oh yeah, my, and, and, in the, in like a baseball field. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, well, there, just there was no... hell what kind of crowd in there? <laughs> they, they, they had a they had a really they had a good crowd. Uh, I forget who ran the show. I forget you know who who was running there. The, from what I remember, they had a good they, they had a nice crowd, and it was uh, it was fun. And just the you know, Incredible. like I said, what I remember the most is getting there on E, and then couldn't couldn't find the entrance, so scaling this freaking fence. Yeah. Oh my! So God. It, it must look like you know? Amelia, this <laughs> yeah. is classic wrestler stuff. That's so funny. this is your, your first time meeting Johnny. So uh, yeah. go ahead, kid. Ask some questions. That was that? funny. Something that I'd laugh about probably months later. You know, especially like, do you remember the time? And then be like, y'all did that. You know, something like that would be so funny to talk about later on. And I was oh, reading yeah. those. Funny too, of those. So did you guys ever just sit around, just watch movies and just talk about like normal stuff? Like, you know, when y'all were kids, like, do you remember the time when we were little, we did this and later on to your mom, oh, you confess stuff, you know, later yeah, on. Yeah, well, so when, when we were kids, so my, my brother had the, the fourth floor of our house was all his. He, it's like a, the fourth floor, like the house we grew up in, it's a, um, there's like a, there's like a bedroom. Uh-huh. And there's also like a, a storage, I guess you could call it a closet, but it's big. It's probably like 10 by 10 or something. Not long Johnny, ago. was it a four-story colonial like like they used to make up in North Jersey? No, it's like, um, it's a big house. It's in Spring Lake. It's like, um, the the you know, the, 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 there's a ground floor that's like, the, the, you know, the kitchen. Like the, the regular kitchen, we eat it and everything. I, you know, then there's like a, I guess you would say the like a TV room where there's couches and the TV and everything. Oh, yeah. and you walk up some stairs, and then there's like the there's like a big living room. You know, that's like kind of like decorative. There's mm-hmm. the living room part, and then there's like a dining room part where we have like thank like Thanksgiving and stuff. Then you can walk up the next flight, and there's there's three bedrooms. You know, my parents, one of my uh, my two younger sisters. And then my that was my bedroom, and Chris's was. Then there was a fourth floor that was just Chris's bedroom. So wow, you know, as a kid, I would always, if I had like a bad dream or something, I'd run up to his room. He'd always be awake watching wrestling, hanging out. Um, but yeah, the, how the, much the older thing, than you was he? He was ten years older than me. Oh, so there was quite so, a little difference. Yeah, and he was very, like, he started wrestling. He was obsessed with wrestling from day one, and he started wrestling in uh, in Spring Lake when he was fourteen years old. He right. went to the town. Yeah, he was training at the body at the um, the Monster Factory. He yeah. went to the he went to the town council. Got dressed up in a suit and tie. Went to the town council meeting, and uh, pr- you know proposed that he wanted to have wrestling in Maruchi Park, which is like a another. It's like a baseball field around here where there's a, you know there's a couple baseball fields. And they said yes, and he uh, he got him and a bunch of his friends. They put the, the ring from the Monster Factory up. Um, he was friends with Bam Bam at that, that point. Bam Bam, I think, is 11 years older than my brother. So, yeah. Or I think it was 9 or 11. So Bam Bam was in his early 20s and semi-established. So Bam Bam would come to the shows. My brother would run shows at Marucci Park starting yeah. at 13, 14. But, uh, as That's far as crazy. Kids, I want people to think about what you're saying. Here's a young Chris Candido, 13, 14 years old, that goes to the town council and successfully gets permission yeah. to do shows. Try yeah. doing that now. <laughs> I know. He they, was, they uh, he won't, was so they driven. They won't throw you in the jail. They'll throw you under the jail. 
Try get, try getting away with that shit today. That's yeah, amazing. He, he was, I'm fascinated by the fact that he befriended Bam Bam, who you know, Scott was a great guy, but he could be, as you know, he could be a little moody sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could be. He could be. Yeah. But they and, I, I think Scott saw the drive in him and uh you know Asbury's very close to Spring Lake. It's four towns uh north of us. Mm-hmm. And he he uh, you know Scott trained at the at the Monster Factory also so you know they they met through there Larry Sharp let my brother use the ring and yeah. uh, you know I have a bunch of laminated newspaper oh, Balls Mahoney wrestled there because Balls lives in oh Green yeah Heights. sure so they had a sh- like quite of a you know quite a crew of future pro wrestlers that were in their teens and the funny thing is my brother when he was thirteen he looked like he was thirteen. When Balls was 13, he looked like he was 35. Like, Balls already had chest <laughs> yes, hair, a freaking beard. It was, Balls funny. always that... looked older, man. He really, really did. For the longest time, I thought to myself, this guy doesn't age. Come to find out, he always looked like that. Always, yeah. It's yeah. funny. I, I have a whole uh, photo album full of pictures from Marucci Park. Like I, I said, have, my brother looks like I a regular had, kid. Uh, Johnny, you and I had, um, I say had... Because a lot of our mutual friends are, are no longer with us. But I will tell you something that, I, that brings a smile to my face when you talk about Bam Bam and Larry and the Monster Factory, because that's that's where I trained. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Paulsboro was 10 minutes from my house. 10 minutes away. And I knew Larry very, very well. He was a dear friend of myself and my late father. I just lost my dad. In oh, I'm January. sorry to hear that. Thank you, my friend. I lost my dad in January, and my my two greatest memories, and and only Larry could pull this one off, was to get my father inside of a ring, okay, who never was athletic a day in his life, okay? That's the first thing. And the second thing was, I have a picture of my father with Junkyard Dog at our family restaurant in Camden, New Jersey. And my pop has this little beer mug, right? And JYD has the damn pitcher, okay? He's got a whole picture of beer that looks like dwarfs this mug like this, right? <laughs> and that was a moment because we had a hell of a night that night. Uh, your brother was there, Larry Sharp, Cowboy Bob Orton, Afa and Sika, and Samu and Fatu. Um and Kamala and Stan Hansen plus the junkyard dog. Holy crap. In this restaurant in one night at Woodrow Wilson High School. I'll never forget it in Camden, New Jersey. They all came back to my dad's restaurant. And the funniest thing you ever want to see is Bob Orton tendon bar. <laughs> that was a trip, brother. That was a trip. So let's talk about Chris's birthday. You just came back from Florida. And you, uh, yep. you, you told me you went down to have Chris's birthday weekend. So apparently yeah. you do this every once in a while. So yeah, normal every on my brother's birthday, I uh, I'll either go out with a bunch of my friends. See, like my brother. So it, it's hard for me to call him Chris. I always called him Cook. So did everybody in the neighborhood. When I was a kid, when I was a baby, I couldn't say Chris, so I called him Cook. Everybody in the surrounding area knows him as Cook. So, yeah. you know, we're like, you know, let's me and my friends were like, oh, let's go out for Cook's birthday. So we'd go to like a local bar, have some drinks, reminisce, or I'd go out with my mom and my sisters. And Don Candido, um, just I'll call him my, my uncle Don. He was, you know, he's like, Why don't you come to Florida and we'll 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 celebrate Chris's birthday here? So yeah, I you know, me and me and my girl went to went to Florida and had a great time. We did all kind of cool shit. He lives in Bonita Beach, which is on the Gulf Coast. Yeah. So we did one of those fan boat rides through the Everglades and saw yeah. alligators and shit. We, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we went toward a rum factory. And then we had like, uh, you know, on, on Chris's actual birthday, we, you know, we had a barbecue, had people over his house and just kind of like a little impromptu birthday party for my brother. You know, we, we had a birthday cake that, you know, we didn't like sing happy birthday or anything, but we, you know, put candles in it, blew it out, made a wish for, you That's know. That's beautiful, we, man. That's we, absolutely, we just, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, and That's and the anniversary, of, the anniversary of his passing is uh, is April twenty seventh. So 
mean, yeah, you know, like again, me, me and my friends we are, are coming up on it, by the way. Um, it's it's ironic that his birthday was so close to his the date of his passing. That's I mean, the ironic thing. My birthday's um, May 18th. Yeah. So and, it's like it's yeah, it's kind of he, the shits around this time. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. do you often wonder like what coulda, woulda, shoulda been had he lived what he might have yes. achieved or accomplished? Because I'll tell you yes, what, brother, there are guys, and I'm sure you know this, being his, his sibling, there are guys that are good wrestlers, there are guys that are great characters, and there are guys who have personalities. But to find a guy, one guy, who has all of these qualities is a rarity that's called a star. Chris yeah. Candino was that man. He was a star. He had a personality. He was funny as fuck. He was he very was quick with it. Funny, was... <laughs> funny. Very quick with it. Oh, my God. Very quick with it. I'll tell you a story about what happened in AC that you don't know. And Amelia's already jacking up for this. <laughs> I'm ready. I love those stories. <laughs> so, uh, but when you have a guy that's got all of the you know, the ready-made materials of stardom, and he doesn't achieve that level because life took him too soon. It's, you know, it's sad. And But the thing about it is you can say to yourself, well, what woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know? It, it makes me nuts because around... Um, so it's no secret that my, that my brother, you know, went through some shit with, with drugs, mainly Soma's, Nubane. Yeah, you know, shit like that. So sure. he, he lived in Manasquan, which meant I kind of, you know, so it's he, he lived in this area and he was, you know, he, he was he was using drugs. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was doing it with him. The two of us were the two, right. the somas and fucking, you know, everything. We, we rolled to the building just in like our pajamas and a tank top. And, and the, so the two of us went to Puerto Rico and um Puerto Rico, somas are like five cents, like over the counter. You can just get them anywhere. So we were getting somas. Um, I remember walking by, uh, you know, after, after a show, we were basically homeless. We were like couch surfing, staying at Bronco's house. Then we'd stay at the Empress Hotel because a lot of wrestlers, they just let us stay there. We, you know, so we were basically yeah. homeless. Tammy was there too. Um, but so we came back, you know, our, our parents were like, come back, whatever. So we came back, me and him were sitting, fast forward, this is like mid-2004, early 2004, we're sitting in a mm -hmm. restaurant as we, as we you know, normally do, and we were talking, and my brother's like cutting a promo about the guys on the indies, he's like, dude, this is freaking bullshit, he's like, you know, everybody on the indies is like skinny or fat, and you know, they, they don't have proper gear, and they don't, they weren't trained, he's like, by the time I was 18, I was freaking jacked, I was going to Japan, da 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 I'm like, dude, that's why you were a standout, numb nuts. I'm like, because you were good, you know. Like that's why that's how you that's why you made it so early, you know. And he's just like, yeah, man. He's like, I fucked everything up, didn't I? I'm like, I'm like, no, dude. I'm like, you're still so young. Like you're you, you at the time you start like 31, 32. I'm like, yeah. let's go, let's go. I'm like, let's go. We'll get some new gear. We'll fucking you know, meaning like clothes, not wrestling gear. Like let's yeah. go up to buildings looking like Ric Flair. Let's. So he's like, let's do that. So we went to Woodbridge Mall that day. Both of us bought a whole bunch of new polo shirts, button downs, all kind of shit. And it, I want to say it took him like maybe like a, a week to, 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 to kick his habits. And then he was back on the, the upswing again. That's when he was, he, he was the NWA Midwest champion. Then me and him went to WWE to hang out. It was really to talk to Dr. Tom and all those guys. Oh, God, and, sure. And my brother and Jim, JR had to talk. But at the same time, TNA was calling him, wanting him to go there. Um, so JR was like, yeah, we, we can use you probably. He's like, I don't know if it's going to be right now or later. And basically, JR told my brother, he's like, he's like, TNA had TNA was ready for him to go, him to go there like right now. JR is like, listen, he's yeah. like, go to TNA right now. If it's not going to hurt you to go there for a little bit and then come over to here. He's like, it's yeah. a win-win for you. You need money, go to TNA, and then after that, you can come back here. So uh, that's what he did. So it was almost like, 
and then he had that accident and you know he passed away after but it was like right mm-hmm. when he quit drugs and like that it kind of like snapped in his head like you know it was like what it pretty much is like what do you love more is it pro wrestling is that what you love or is it fucking yeah you know and he well he loved you know there is um you know johnny and i uh, you know and i i don't i don't like surprising anybody and i don't do that but you know it's been well talked about during chris's life that perhaps tammy well, was not the most positive influence on him she's terrible she was the worst yeah uh, i uh yeah it's uh it really sucks because I, I don't like we talked about it a lot this weekend. It's so hard for us to square because my brother, the, the biggest heart, was the nicest guy I know to everyone. You know what I mean? Like his yeah. house was was everyone's house. You know, he he was he was the man. And yeah. she was the opposite. She was just not a very good person. And then when she got drunk, she was just very physically abusive, freaking attacking people. Yeah. You know, I have more stories about her. Oh, know, yeah. Like, well, I um maybe it was just the timing. Maybe she was respecting the fact that an older guy was in charge of a show because I'm considerably older than both of them, even then. Um, but I didn't have a problem from her, but I did see the cracks in the armor when she was around the younger women. I saw that. Mm-hmm. I saw the nails come out. You know what I mean? It's kind of an asshole. Yeah, Yeah, they came out for sure. Um, We have um, a couple people. We actually have people in our chat room tonight that uh, Mm -hmm. are commenting. Pat Mm -hmm. Tanaka and Paul Diamond were the Orient Express. Thank you, Leon. I was trying to remember who the other guy was with, uh, with Pat Tanaka. We also have a heavy hitter in the wrestling business, Johnny. This is Herb Simmons. Herb is a, uh, if you know the name Herb Simmons, he's a big deal, a very big deal, and a dear friend of mine. Um, yeah, great guy. Um, uh, oh, here you go. Leon says, I remember Balls and Bob Bradley in Smoky Mountain. Oh, Boo interesting Bradley. Stuff. Interesting Boo. stuff. Just watched Chris on a Memphis show on YouTube. I want to open this up for just a second, John. I want to ask our chat room if you have any questions for Johnny Ray, Chris Candido's brother, as a, a wrestler himself, if you've got questions about his career uh, or pr- questions perhaps about his brother, please feel free to ask. We're going to be here for a little while tonight. So uh, well, let's let's have the make it uh, Let's make it like Chris would do. Let's make it all inclusive. Because Chris and never... And, and also questions about anything. I, nothing's off uh-huh. the table. I don't care if you want to ask about uh-huh. drugs. Yeah, candy, and I appreciate good things, that. Bad things. Absolutely. And I got to tell you guys, um, Johnny has agreed to just let, you know, nothing's off the table. So uh, the interesting thing is, it's funny. I could tell you a little bit about the rest of that show that night. I had a guy working the show named Bodacious Brad. He sometimes wrestles under the name Ravage. Does kind of like a moondog gimmick with the bone in his hand. Well, you know, you know the rules of wrestling. Before you have a match, go to the restroom, never eat until after the show was over, then go to the diner and pig out. Brad did not do that. He ate a full meal before he mm. came to the show. That was bad news for Brad, but great news for Chris Candido. <laughs> because Brad had to leave a 30-man battle royal, go backstage in the sands, backstage in the production office, puke his guts up, while Tammy and... Um, and oh, God. <laughs> I'm laughing. But Tammy and Chris came out, and Chris came out wobbly-legged, like, and I don't know how he didn't fall down, but he came out wobbly-legged like he had a load on, you know? Yeah. And I, and I 
all I could do was laugh from that time. And every time I see him do that on tape, I crack up because I know what was behind <laughs> it. I have. If you know the story, then you'll even laugh harder. But that he saved that battle royal, brother. And he saved that show for me. And I will never, ever, ever forget that, what he did to me and did for me. But the best thing he did for me was he was my friend. That was the greatest gift he ever gave me. Um, we have a question. Um, oh, here you go. Jimmy Thunder from Down Under. This gentleman is a loyal viewer, Johnny. Yes. He's in actually in New Zealand right now. Wow. Uh, thoughts on Paul Heyman. I heard he stiffed Chris on more than one occasion. What about Paul? All right. He had so a reputation, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. On, on a personal level, he was outwardly, he was very gregarious and very, um, uh, like, he made, it seemed like anything he was mixed up in was very important. As I'm talking about when I was a kid, you know, like hanging around the ECW locker room. He was obviously in charge. He was a great motivator of the guys. Um, so, and then years later when I was wrestling, I, you know, I saw him up at WWE. He was super cool to me. But I think when it comes to him and my brother, what had happened was, you know, my brother wanted to help grow ECW, wanted to make it, you know, bigger. So yeah. what he would do is he would, he would use his regular credit card and he would book all the flights for the boys and the hotel for the boys and Paulie would reimburse him. And he was doing that for a while and, uh, you know, getting reimbursed for, you know, let's say two years or whatever. And then toward the end, he was doing it. Then he didn't get reimbursed. And Paulie went to WWE and my brother was out. I want to say, if not, if not a quarter of a million dollars, you know, maybe like 200 grand, something like that. And that caused him to like lose the house that he was in. Yeah. And, uh, so you know he never. Uh, and That's of course, number I heard of course, too. My brother is there. There was there was no written like uh, contract. It was a handshake deal. So yeah. my brother couldn't take him to court for the money. So he was sure. out. Yeah, I think he was he was out like yeah, around two hundred thousand dollars. So you know he was really down in the shitter then. That's when he he, yeah. he, he lived. the the worst I had ever seen him was when he with with the drugs and stuff was when he moved to to Brigantine which is way far from Spring Lake. I mean, relatively far, an hour. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's where I knew him from. Um, good. And uh, Yeah, Johnny, you know, that's, that's how I knew him. I'll persuade him to move back. Yeah. Well, he was... Yeah, that, 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 those were like his darkest times. Then I, that's when we... You know, I was going to say to you, when he, when he lived in Brigantine, I knew him down there, but also, but that's where Pat Tanaka lived. He was his neighbor. Yeah, I was going to say both of them hung away. out together. Yeah, yeah, all the time. They both lived mm -hmm. down the shore, which was, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump from, you know, my Atlantic City show. Because I yeah. ran shows in Atlantic City all the time. Um, the interesting thing was you threw a number out that that's the number I heard was 200 grand. Mm -hmm. um, he Paulie was the guy that, man, if, if he owed. If he paid all the money he owed right now, he'd owe somewhere around seven to eight million dollars. He owes oh, a no lot doubt. of people a lot of money. Um, a lot of Sean, guys working. You know, a lot of guys working for free, you know. At, you know, toward the end, especially. Yeah. Because they had, you know, he promised the guys the the world, and they wanted to believe it and stick with it, and you yeah. know that it become. I mean, Shane so Douglas guys. is Shane Douglas is still waiting for his hundred and fifty grand that they'll never see. Yeah, been talking about that hundred and fifty grand for the last ten years, man. You know what? My, my my brother, my, my my brother was the type to forget about it. Like seriously, after it happened, he's just like, you know what? He's like, I, I remember like like you know my mom and everything. Like he told them what happened, and he's just like, you know what? He's like, it's just stuff. I can get it back. I'm not gonna harp yeah. on it. Let it ruin my life. I can get it back. Like I said, after he lost his house, he moved to Brigantine, which was not not a very good place. He wasn't in a very good place mentally, not yeah. me or substance-wise. So I convinced him to move back home to Maniswan, which is a, a town very close to where we grew up, like a mile away. Yeah, it's right, right down the shore too. So he moved to uh, he moved to Maniswan, and uh, we had a no somers during the day policy. So during the day, the two of us would be training, 
We, mm-hmm. you, the Manitowan River was his backyard. We had we had a boat, a bunch of kayaks. So during the day, we yeah. would just train, go for kayak rides, take the boat out, go fishing. So he kind of uh, that's when he started getting, you know, bonding, getting himself back together. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that really uh, it was really cool to be around. I was around all the time, but you know, around those last couple of years of his life, me and yeah. him were together every freaking day. And uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that that I was just making. You know, I was just making a living through independent being a professional wrestler, which you know, yeah. When you when you first start off, is not a great living. Oh but my luckily, god! <laughs> but luckily, yeah. I luckily uh, let's. I mean, my my parents are are have money, so I would hit them up for cash if I really needed it. But I always looked right. like a wrestler. I was big, had muscles, long hair, so I would yeah. sell gimmicks, you know, eight by tens, Polaroids. So sure. I, you know, I make a couple hundred bucks on the weekend, and my brother made money, so. You know, we whack yeah. up kind of whatever we had, and that well, was let it. me ask and, you about that. I'm going to follow in because you you opened up uh, the door there. So, how uh, how long after, or how quickly after, um, did you decide maybe there's uh, there's something in this for me? Maybe I can uh, have a career. It was always in my mind that me and my brother would be a tag team because growing up, we re- we wrestled in the backyard. I was always big John Studd. He was uh, he was Doug Summers. He was Ric Flair, or you know, he was one of those one of those guys. Yeah. Um, he was nasty Ned Brady too. He and he kicked the shit out of me when he was nasty Ned Brady. Um, but I, I always figured that you know the two of us would be together as a tag team. So um, it started. My, my wrestling career started as we were in Rochester um, at, a, at a at an independent show. Maybe in two thousand one, two thousand two, yeah. And um, so he looks around the locker room. He doesn't know any of these dudes. And he's like, he's like, bro, I'll. Uh, he's like, me and you will just wrestle for the for the main event tonight. I'll just work with you. I'm like, really? Is that cool? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. He's like, just keep your ears open and you know, listen to listen to what I say. Prior to this, all I'd really done was get into the ring, learn how to take a bump, take a flip bump, hit the ropes. You know, fucked around with him, but I never had a match. So we had a match yeah. that night. And uh, I'll say my first 15 to 20 matches were against my brother. And then we had a feud, which ended in a cage match, which won match number two. Remember this, uh, the Declaration of Independence website? Yeah. So they did a they did a match of the year Mm -hmm. uh, gimmick in 2004. And that's kind of when I the year that I kind of like broke out like i me and balls mahoney won match of the year number one for a tables ladders and chairs match and then yeah me and my brother match of the year number two for the we're going to see some pictures from that match by the way oh you have you, the one of the cage match yeah you, or, well uh you know what that's a great why don't we just go into it right a, now absolutely let's okay. take a look at this
Dude, that was awesome. You're, I'm going to send you a copy of that to have. You oh, that um, great. you saw in that in that uh, that video tribute a young lady that uh, a lot of people don't know was associated with Chris. Uh, she was very instrumental in helping him in his career. Uh, a young lady that's going to be a guest on our show in a couple of weeks, actually, Missy oh, Hyatt. Nice. And so, uh, what do you know about? Yeah, I, I, what do you I remember her, about? I hung out at her house many times. I remember she's she was super cool. We'd always, uh, yeah, we, we, we hung out house lady, when, right? when we were in New York City. Yeah, she's an awesome lady. She's always super nice. We hung out at, out at her house in the city. A, a funny, a funny picture that I saw there that reminded me of Missy Hyatt is when I was wrestling when I was working with the the Patriot Tom Brandy. Yeah, in the background you saw the Iron Sheik. He was he was managing me, yeah. and uh, he was managing me for a while, and. Uh, that match was funny because you know me, me and Tom Brandy were the Patriot, you know whatever we we ping ponged around with, with weapons for a while, and uh, you know hitting him with a kendo stick. He's hitting me with this. Iron Sheik got so excited he started swinging his flag and whacking the shit out of both of us. We were trying <laughs> oh, to like, walk around the building and kind of like hit each other and stumble. He's like, "This is what I I He's chasing us, freaking hitting the two of us. But uh, it, oh my so, god, I love it. So we were. Uh, how Missy Hyatt tied into this story is like the night after we were in New York City for something, and uh, you you know Eric Sims. Oh sure, absolutely. So he was Iron. Sheik's, he handles like, everybody. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was Iron Sheik's handler, for lack of a better word. Yeah, he's like I hate this jabroni. To Eric Sims is the number one son of a bitch, piece of shit, and he's just yelling about Eric Sims, and. uh He's like Bambi. He called me. He called me Bambino, and my brother okay. Bambino because he couldn't say candy. He's like that's right, Bambino, and Bubba meant brother. He's like that's right, Bubba. That's right, brother. I hate the Eric Sims. Um, so Missy Hyatt lived close to this restaurant we were at, and we went over to her house, and Iron Sheik pulled up. I'm sorry, yeah, Iron Sheik was in Missy's house, and Eric Sims pulled up in the car because he had to take Iron Sheik to the airport, and he's like, he's like, I'm not going to see Eric Sims. I'm staying here with. Johnny Bambino, fuck you, Eric Sims. And uh, we're like, yeah, that's right. Me and my brother are like, yeah, you fuck Eric Sims. And like, we're just doing it to like get a rise out of him, you know? And then like Eric Sims is like honking the horn. He's like, come on, we gotta go. And he's like, I'm not going, I'm staying with Bambino. And me and my brother like pull ourselves to the side. We're like, dude, he probably should go. He's really gonna come back home with us. <laughs> we're like, yeah, let's, let's tell him to go with Eric Sims. <laughs> so we're like, Sheik, you know what? Next time you can stay, now you should probably go with him. He's like, that's right. All right, bring me to the airport, Eric Sims. Oh, but, uh, man, yeah, I, I love, I love Kazra. He, by the way, the Iron Sheik, Kazra Vaziri, he is, that man's a, an original. Trust me. And when, when yeah. he goes off. And it's not a work. It's, no, like, it's not a work. Like, that's him. Yeah. That's Everything's him a shoot with him. <laughs> It's all, it's all shoot. He had him ready for that picture. That's, like, okay, I'm ready to get. Come on, come in the ring. That, that pose. Come on, I'm ready for yeah. you now. <laughs> exactly. Amelia, question for Johnny. Oh, I was just uh, wondering. Uh, I uh, love that uh, you uh, had raised money for that family with the autistic boy that lost his father and his mother. That's a wonderful story. I guess people can still people donate to that. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm one of those people, like, if. Um, if it's someone like, if, if I see a GoFundMe and read the story, I always, I, I always donate. You know. Can we, uh, so, Amelia? Can we tell everybody what you're talking about? Because I'm, I think, um, you know, when you have a good story like this, mm-hmm. I think that people need to hear about because we we hear so much, for lack of better word, we hear so much doom and gloom. But when yeah. somebody does something good for somebody, you don't mm-hmm. hear about it. Well, well, I I, 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 think I noticed we need to hear about it. I noticed that on um, uh, Johnny Ray had uh, someone that a gentleman passed away, and he had autistic child, a son, and they didn't have a lot of money for a funeral. So right. Johnny had uh, put a GoFundMe page on his account, and for funeral costs, for food, uh, mm-hmm. for uh, anything, electricity, anything that they could help for after the funeral, for the funeral. Um, for food afterwards, for electricity, anything to help them afterward. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was yes. asking if anybody could still donate to that or, do you know. You know what? Uh, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm 
I know who the person is and I know the, I donated to the person. They probably tagged me in it because the person who passed away was a wrestling fan, but would, was going was crazy over my brother. And mm-hmm. they knew my parents. They lived in Seagirt and we would go over the house and like, you know, visit yeah. with them. And uh, yeah, now, now I, I was thinking about the person you're talking about, but now I know who you're talking about. Chris, right? The, mm-hmm. the, that yeah. passed away. Yeah. There wasn't I, any I mean, names I, mentioned, so I didn't. Oh, oh, in, I think, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny, in that video tribute we saw that featured you and, and Chris, uh, there were several of our other friends that were in there. Cook Balls was in there, um, Tommy Dreamer, mm-hmm. and, and um, and it's funny because I, I heard your rap song, which by the way, we're going to play for people. <laughs> um, oh, cool. your friend New Jack stayed with me for two days here at my house. Mm-hmm. And was a wonderful guy until he got back to Ventnor and forgot that he knew me. Uh oh. And yeah, it's like there's just the wrestling mind. And I, Johnny can explain it to you. It's the wrestling mind. Yeah. It's just you, crazy. You, you have very little short term memory, especially if taking a lot of chair yeah. shots and doing crazy shit. Your short term memory doesn't, I, 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 like, long term, uh, like I have it, I guaranteed not to the extent of New Jack or those other guys. But I have it to yeah. where, like, you know, I don't remember shit I did a couple days ago. Yeah, I, have, I, I can remember older stuff, but anything that's that's like short term memory is like, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah, remember. I'll tell you what, brother, if if there wasn't video of it, no one would believe me. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned yeah. a song that, uh, and you don't know that I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this. I I this I love this song so much. And I'm not, I'm straight shooting with you here. I'm not, I'm not working yet. I'm not, you know, I'm not pulling your leg in any way, shape or form. This is straight up. I love this song so much. I, I can't not play it. So with your permission, because you're the artist performing it. Of course. I would love to play this. Do you mind? Yeah. And yeah, let me just, just to set up, just to, you know. Uh, you want to set it up by... first? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I, I was. A rapper, I always write raps, and you know, for some reason, I heard I just felt like I needed to make this song, you know, about the wrestling section of heaven. But I have more, so I used to put, I put out a lot of music in the early, like early 2000s, um, you know, was on different mixtapes and stuff like that, CDs and stuff, mm-hmm. but I never, um, I never put any music on the internet, like I, I didn't have a SoundCloud or anything. So, this is the first of any of my songs that are on the internet. But I'm going to start recording stuff like certain guys reached out and they're like, oh, dude, can you make my entrance music? Can you do this? Can you do that? So I'm going to start, um, you know, I, I've been writing different rhymes in my in my notes. So expect to hear okay. new music coming from me. My rap name is White Shark. That's what it used to be. It's not, I, I think it. I'll keep it. I love that. But, uh, and what <laughs> is the official name of this of this cut? Uh, I, I call it Wrestling Heaven in my notes. OK. And I think that's a great name for the song. That's Check beautiful. this out. This is Johnny Candido. Check this out. When I make it to heaven, let me in the wrestling section so I can see my brother again. That'd be a blessing. I'd ask him questions about the different lessons from his life. I know he'd still be wrestling. Would he have a different wife? When I see balls, my homie, he'd ask about his son. I tell him he'd get straight A's in all the games he's won. Me and Axel Rotten would have a couple laughs about when he stayed at Chris's house and funny shit from our past. I'd tell Bam Bam sharing a ring with him was special. His family's doing good. His son Shane's successful. I'd pull up a chair next to Terry Gordy Have a shot and a beer and hear every story I'd tell Louis Spicoli My memories are the fondest There's Andre the Giant and Adrian Adonis I joke with Brian Christopher about hanging at Calhoun's Check out the buffet with Haystacks Calhoun Davy Boy's up there ribbing Owen Hart Danny Hodges holding seminars Picking guys apart I'm sure Eddie Guerrero would send love to Chavo Then I'd shoot pool with Hawk and Dino Bravo Play with Buddy Rose is back with Doug Summers Let's have a match, I'll tag with Tracy Smothers Every single day they'd have a new show I wish Bolt was still in Brooklyn on Avenue O I tell Trent Acid, he was a great friend of mine Tell Dynamite Kid, he was way before his time Kurt Hennings at the bar with Chris Canyon and Test 
tell Eddie Gilbert he's one of the best. Brian Pillman's playing cards with Dusty Rhodes. He's got a bandage on his head, so his wounds are closed. I shoot hoops with Rick Rude, and yo, who's got next? Let's play JYD and Moondog Rex. I'd see Sheik, he'd ask about Sabu. I'd see Yoko's through the back, hanging with Fatu. I can't forget the women, cause that would be wrong. Miss Elizabeth, Super Genie, Luna Vachon. Freddie Blossie's up there, calling all y'all dorks. Working out in the gym is Mr. Paul Orndorff. I've known New Jack since I was about 11. Used to go around the building and find him all his weapons. Maybe this lifestyle's put some miles on me. But when I go, I'll die with a smile on me. Buzz Sawyer, Butch Reed, Gorilla Monsoon. Y'all be there for eternity, so I'll see you soon. See you soon. I love awesome. that. That is Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. Awesome. I, you no, liked I didn't it. like it. I loved it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> had me in tears. It. Sorry. That had was, me in I, tears. I'll tell you what. Is we <laughs> have we actually have Oh, here you go. Had me in tears. <laughs> Darren said great beats. No, thanks, from, Darren. From Darren. Darren, do you have a question for Johnny? Uh, you're absolutely right. It's a great song. Absolutely mm-hmm. great song. That's why we featured awesome it. Awesome song. Um, thank, you, thank you. I'm working on so, some more right now. So you, uh, you're you're a few years younger than him, about 10 years younger. So you start your career. Um, what year? So we're looking looking at a timeline here. So what year you start your career? So let's say officially, I think I had my first match in 2002. But I want to say okay. like I started, I started like working consistently starting in 2003. Uh-huh. And uh, 2004, 2004 and 2005, I was, you know, that was, I was, book, I was working constantly. 2006, yeah. after, after my brother died is when, you know, I, uh, my parents didn't want me to be in the business and yeah. I would lie to them. So I did, at the time, after my brother died, they're like, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I was, he was the NWA Midwest champion. They're like, come out here and, and work for working in NBA Midwest. We want to put the strap on you. So I was working yeah. there. And then um, I was the hardcore champion here. And then balls went up to WWE and they called me up there. And I, I worked with balls and Axel in, um, in WWE. And then Sandman and Sabu were up there. They're like, kid, hang around. So I, I was like an extra in WWE for a while. And yeah. balls was telling me. And so, so yeah, I, I, I worked from, I guess I was around my whole life, but I worked from like 03 consistently to like late 07, early 08. Right after yeah. after Benoit died, after Benoit died was when I hung it up for the first time because yeah. we weren't great friends, but I'd seen him prior in Atlantic City. They did the convention center and he rolled yeah. up with Jamie Noble. He was bouncing around in the ring mm-hmm. and uh, me, me and him were just chatting. And he's like, uh, he's like, your brother was, was a really talented guy. He's like, if you ever need anybody to talk to, Here's my number. We exchanged numbers. And uh, I was actually driving to a friend's house of mine. And I, I called them. Call, I called Benoit's machine, went to voicemail. And then when I got to my friend's house, um, that my friend Thunderbolt, who lived in Brooklyn on Avenue O, that's in that song. Yeah. Uh, that's when I heard that all that shit happened. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, man, this because already the business had taken my brother. Had taken yeah. Bam Bam. And, uh, you know. Well, yeah. First it me. was. Um... I think, if I'm not mistaken, and God correct me if I'm wrong, I think Bam Bam was first. Chris, yes. no, my, second. My, my my brother was first. Oh, was yeah. it? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So Bam. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Chris, Bam Bam, Eddie, and then, uh, then Eddie. Chris Benoit. Yes. No, um, no. Eddie and my brother were were at WWE together when right before my brother went to TNA. Eddie was first. Eddie died before my brother. I'm almost 100 percent positive. I yeah because I I, I can I can I can picture the two of them hugging backstage in WWE when we were there. I'm I trying to get it. I know you, the Chris Candido passed in 2005. That I know. Yeah, your, when did Eddie Gilbert go? It had it had to be before that because I saw the two of them hugging together. Yeah, so it's um man the timelines are so you know what the yeah the I think problem, it was. Is Johnny that they're so everything was so close together? If you yeah. remember back then, it was like 
it seemed like every week somebody was dying. I know. I mean, isn't it I crazy? Remember, it was nuts, man. It was. It, uh-huh. it was. Like, the, the reason I was so prolific wrestling, because I was like, this is what my brother would want me to do. Like, like after his funeral. So it was like, like I said, Spring Lake's a small beach town in between Belmar and, um, in, in between Belmar and uh, uh, Manasquan. It's like a, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a it's a beach town. It's not it's 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 at the Jersey Shore, but it's not a party town. It's more for like year round residents or whatever. So this yeah. is where we grew up. And when my brother died, it's like the entire wrestling industry descended upon Spring Lake. Like I remember yeah. at St. Catherine's Church, every wrestler period was there. Just hang like, was- all outside the church waiting to see my brother. It was everybody from Terry Funk to Mick Foley to CM Punk to and uh it was just a uh, you know well, so that's how that you whole know, time was like a blur. That, that yeah, when so- you—that's how you know when a guy makes an impact. When legends will, you know, will leave the comfort of their home to fly in the middle of you know bumfuck New Jersey, you know, yeah, to pay they, tribute like, to a guy that was a hell of a worker and, and, and a really talented guy. And those guys were so awesome, and also like, um, so it, like. You know, after he died, uh, and uh, like the weeks following, I was like, I didn't know well what the fuck to do because we were like best friends. We were together every day, and so maybe like my 10, 15 best friends, like locally, were with me twenty four seven. And then yeah. Sandman and Sabu stayed at the hotel in Spring Lake, so I, you know, we'd all hang out together. They they stayed a couple extra days after after yeah. the funeral and all the things like that. And that like meant the world to me because I had like my home friends and I had my friends from the business. It was like very comforting, you know, but then, uh, yeah, I jumped right back into wrestling and, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough, man. It was tough because I want, um, on one hand, I, I loved, obviously I loved wrestling and it made me feel so close to my brother and that whole community just made me, it was comfortable to be around those surroundings, you know, especially after after my brother passed. And then People I have my don't family. understand that. If, if, and uh, to, to, to kind of shed a little bit of light on what Johnny's talking about, there is – people can say what they want about wrestling and wrestlers, mm-hmm. but I will tell you something, and this is straight shooting. Uh, you will not find a more loyal group of guys, a brotherhood. When I tell you a brotherhood, these guys are thick as thieves, man. If one goes down – they're all going to descend to pick them up. If they can pick yeah. them up, they're going to lift them up. Um, if it's not too late for that guy, trust me when I tell you, there's going to be people um, in the wings to support the family if they need to. Wrestlers are a peculiar bunch, but one thing they are is fiercely loyal Absolutely. when it comes to the brotherhood. That, I will tell you that. I've been in this business. I've sent it on the show many times. I've been in this business going on 46 years. Okay. I'm not a young kid. I've been around a long time and I worked for them all, you know, and they know me and I know them. But a guy like Chris Candido comes around once in a generation, maybe if you're lucky, once in a generation. A guy who can work, has a personality, um, has a, a body can actually perform at a high level day in and day out. People don't get that. And what it's like to perform at that high level every day. Johnny, tell them what it's like. And and there's also levels to this stuff too. Like like when I when I broke when I first broke in, um like the first two guys that I you know it's easier to work with guys that you know. So I, I would work with my brother. I'd work with Balls. Let's like for my first whatever 15, 20 matches, and I, I'd like to call things, or, or like I'd like to talk about it before the match with my brother. You know, I'll shoot you into the turnbuckle, boom, overhead belly to belly. I'll do a, you know, I'll do a, a senton. You move, da, da da da. So I start getting a little bit better. My brother's like, dude, we're not. Uh, I'm like, let's, uh, you know, let's do this gimmick where I do this, do that. He's like, just keep your ears open, we'll call it out there. He's like, let's, we'll, you know, we'll do it on the fly. Yep, and that match That's I remember, school, you know, baby, old yeah. school. Like mm-hmm. he'd be like, "All right, yep. uh, drop down, leapfrog, hip toss, arm drag, boom, 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 boom." Then he's like, uh, "You know, I." So basically, he ran me ragged for 25, 30 minutes, and in the back, I was like freaking heaving. I was so blown up, and he was fine. Yeah. He could have just, 
you know, he could he could have gone another freaking hour if he wanted to. Sure, he it's, could. Uh, he yeah. had he had Amelia. Uh-huh. Chris Candido had some ridiculous cardio. Uh-huh. He had some crazy, crazy cardio. First of all, he was short and stocky, which means he he didn't have a lot of you know solid muscle, but he was a big you know muscular guy. He had big frame for a shorter guy. I say short, he was like under six foot, like five yeah. nine, five ten, right? Yeah, I'm six foot. He was short. Yeah, I'd say he's like five nine, five eight, five yeah. nine. Yeah, because I'm, I'm is a- five. I'm five, but <laughs> I'm I'm short. Okay, I'm five foot four, and uh, and I worked as a referee a lot because I'm shorter, because I made the guys look bigger than they already are, and um, but next to Chris, I I was kind of average because he wasn't, you know, huge. But he yeah. had these wide ass shoulders, like Johnny does. Yeah. He had these wide was- shoulders, and you're looking like look at his arms. He's got yeah, I know. Like, arms. And look how tiny he is. Like back to lifting. And how, how many days <laughs> were you here in Florida? Uh, I just came back today. How, how many days were you here? Like two. <laughs> no, yeah, he was, I, uh, he just came back from New Jersey, back to New Jersey. Yeah. No, but yeah, how many days that- were you here? Like three, two. <laughs> yeah, thir- I left on Thursday, and I got back today. Or like late look at that! Night. Look, look, he—he's darker than I am, and I've been here like eleven years. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's because you're pale. You need to go outside. That's the problem. Hey, my patients need me. Okay, I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> well, tell work- them to come outside for a picnic. What the hell? Right. I, I <laughs> work- she works with patients. Okay, you ready for this crazy stuff? She worked. Can I tell them what you? He, go ahead. She go works ahead. for Medicare and Medicaid. Yeah, I that, schedule what appointments. Woman does. I schedule appointments for people that are on Medicaid, Medicare, how many, and how many pay. former wrestlers do you have? As I was going to say, right? <laughs> a few, probably. You never know. <laughs> no, but it's so, it's interesting work. I'll but you know, you what, it's worth sure. it. Been a hell of a man. That's that's a fast hour. Yeah, for real. My gosh. Fast, can you come back and do like a part two with us? Yes, we want to yeah, talk more about man. you, and um, I would love to have yes. you. Could we barely scratched the surface? Oh, of yeah, yeah. Say, we've just been chatting yeah. the whole time. You know, let me. I, how long do you have? I'll tell a quick, funny story about how, how strong my brother was. Well, I, yeah. I, I'll tell you what. When I, if I know that you're coming back, uh-huh. I will give you a two-hour show right off the bat. Yeah, well, right we want to talk. We want to talk about you too. I mean, like okay. what your interests were and everything, how it was going back in the ring, and and I know that you love one of my movies, Goodfellas. No, it was my so favorite. It's your favorite. Absolutely, that's my favorite movie too. I love that movie. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you what, man, Johnny Ray. This is a. We'll call this part one. Part one, okay. Johnny Ray. Yes. Part one. I'll, I'll tell save, you what, I'll, man. It's I'll save good a lot stuff, of good stories um, for the road. Yes. And I want to hear more of your songs too. I want to. Okay. You know what? Why yes. don't we do this? Why don't we we go out instead of going out with our usual intro? Yes, please. Why don't we go out with Johnny's rap song? Johnny, Sounds we're gonna perfect. go out with your song. when uh, when we leave. Stay where you are. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. You got it, brother. Here we go. When I make it to heaven, let me in the wrestling section So I can see my brother again, that'd be a blessing I'd ask him questions about the different lessons from his life I know he'd still be wrestling, would he have a different wife? When I see Balls Mahoney, he'd ask about his son I'd tell him he'd get straight A's in all the games he's won Me and Axel Rotten would have a couple laughs About when he stayed at Chris's house and funny shit from our past I'd tell Bam Bam, sharing a ring with him was special His family's doing good, his son Shane's successful I'd pull up a chair next to Terry Gordy Have a shot and a beer and hear every story 
I tell Louis Spicoli, my memories are the fondest. There's Andre the Giant and Adrian Adonis. I joke with Brian Christopher about hanging at Calhoun's. Check out the buffet with Haystacks Calhoun. Davy Boy's up there, Ribbon Owen Hart. Danny Hodges holding seminars, picking guys apart. I'm sure Eddie Guerrero would send love to Chavo. Then I'd shoot pool with Hawk and Dino Bravo. Play with Buddy Rose is back with Doug Summers. Let's have a match, I'll tag with Tracy Smothers. Every single day they'd have a new show. I wish Bolt was still in Brooklyn on Avenue O. I tell Trent Acid he was a great friend of mine. Tell Dynamite Kid he was way before his time. Kurt Hennings at the bar with Chris Canyon and Test. Tell Eddie Gilbert he's one of the best. Brian Pillman's playing cards with Dusty Rhodes. He's got a bandage on his head so his wounds are closed. I chewed hoops with Rick Root and yo, who's got next? Let's play JYD and Moondog Rex. I'd see Sheik. He'd ask about Sabu. I'd see Yoko's in the back hanging with Fatu. I can't forget the women, cause that would be wrong. Miss Elizabeth, Super Genie, Luna Vachon. Freddie Blossie's up there calling all y'all dorks. Working out in the gym is Mr. Paul Orendorf. I've known New Jack since I was about 11. Used to go around the building and find them all as weapons. Maybe this lifestyle's put some miles on me. But when I go, I'll die with a smile on me. Buzz Sawyer, Butch Reed. Go